Aaron Donald become the highest paid non-quarterback ever. The French Open has finished with the GOAT winning and the NBA Finals is in full swing. We will discuss that and much more on The Benchmark. You're listening to The Benchmark. Remember, it's all sports and no politics. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Ben. What's up, everybody? Um, so this is Ben, obviously. Uh, Mark is on vacation uh, with his wife, so he's out there. Shout out to Mark. Hope you guys are having a good time. I have got two good guys with me here. I've actually got a guy that, from our fantasy group that I met for fantasy football. His name is actually Ben as well, and I'm going to call him the Derek Henry hoarder since he won't trade him to me, but welcome, Ben, to the show. Hey, it's uh, good to be here. A pleasure to uh, be with uh, fill in for Mark. That's big, big shoes to fill in for Markeisha, you know, the 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 commissioner of our fantasy league and uh, also good to virtually meet you, Ben. We call him trade machine, Ben, because this guy sends multiple trades a week in our fantasy league. We're in a keeper league and he will and he has no limits into the trade that he'll give. He'll he'll try to get Derrick Henry from me for, you know, his kicker and the defense or something like that. He's that bold. I'm, I don't know, Ben, are you in sales? I don't know if you're like your real your uh, main job is sales because you I mean, you should because you, there's no um, pitch that you won't throw. And eventually you get something that works out for you. I'm always surprised. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually am. So <laughs> oh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, yes. that's a bold move, Scotty. And he just, you know, hey, the worst they can say is no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then I got my roommate with me, my best friend, Travis. So give out a shout out to Travis. And also he's out, has a podcast himself. So please, if you can, when we're done with this, uh, go ahead and like and subscribe. It's called Up Your Game. But Travis, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah. And I go way back. In fact, Ben, Mark, and I all roomed together back in college. So it's great to uh, be on your podcast here. And yeah, like Ben said, filling in for Mark and uh, looking forward to uh, doing this episode with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're going to jump right in. Uh, I guess the biggest news from yesterday, which still just amazes me at how much this dude got, but Aaron Donald getting pretty much a $95 million raise. Um, ben, we're going to start with you. What do you think about that? I mean, I need to rethink my negotiation talks with my <laughs> supervisor because, I mean, I, I'm obviously not doing as good as he is. Um, I mean, that, that's crazy. I think I saw that he's like the first non-quarterback to get that type of money. Um, I mean, I think he definitely deserves it. I don't think you can have that Super Bowl without him. He had two sacks that game. Um, I mean, and all – the attention that he gets, even when he doesn't make the sack, you know, he allows the, the sacks to happen because all, he gets doubled every game um, and he still leads the league in sacks almost every year. I mean, he's just phenomenal. So he definitely deserves the money. Now we can have another conversation. What does that do with them to the uh, the Rams as far as the hard cap and signing other players? That's another conversation. Does he deserve the money? Without question. He's, he's just phenomenal. He's an all-time great. I'm, you know, I'm happy for him. Yeah, I do agree with you. I, I definitely do think he deserves it. He's a he's a force of nature. I mean, the dude, he's a beast. He definitely makes things happen for sure. And then Travis getting thirty one point six million a year now through twenty twenty four. Do you think him being a non quarterback position, uh, getting that kind of money? I mean, do you think that's 
feasible? I know Ben kind of touched about that for a second there about the Rams uh, salary cap, but do you think it's feasible for a guy uh, playing, you know, D line? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it is. I mean, if, if he deserves it, I mean, pay the guy the money and, you know, like Ben alluded to, you know, they probably don't win that Super Bowl without him. So yeah, him having some sacks in that game. And a lot of people don't, or at least didn't remember this play is there right at the end. Um, Jalen Ramsey falls down and Jamar Chase is going down the sidelines wide open. Yes. If, yeah. if Joe Burrow has just another two seconds, he yes. finds him and Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. But Chase and Burrow down was Mr. Aaron Donald. And so by him getting that pressure, yep. Burrow had to quick get that little short pass out and threw it down, you know, low, the guy's feet, and that was fourth down. And, you know, that's, that's your ball game. So Donald definitely earned his pay for sure. You know, he's made comments. He was at peace with retiring. You know, if they couldn't come up with negotiations, you know, and come, you know, agree on, on a new contract, you know, being restructured, you know, he was willing to walk away and just retire, you know, on top of champions. So, you know, hats off to the Rams, you know, for wanting yeah. him to come back and, you know, really work hard at restructuring that con that contract. So I'm happy for him, happy for them as a team. I mean, they went all in last year. You know, they spent a ton of money bringing all kinds of players in there, obviously Matthew Stafford, um, you know, now they've, you know, they've paid Aaron Donald, they've paid, you know, OBJ, these other guys. And, you know, it paid off for him last year with a Super Bowl win. So I know they're trying to keep the core together. And this guy, I mean, he's the glue that holds it all together. So you've got him, you've got another great shot at winning a Super Bowl this year for sure. Yeah. And I was just going to add, I love his negotiation tactics. Like yes. that started like right at the Super Bowl. It was leaked that he, he might think about retiring. I don't think he was thinking about retiring, but that yeah. was leaked intentionally. So it can be put pressure on management. Then as uh, Travis said earlier this week, oh, he's at peace with just, you know, walking away from the game and everything. That's all just, you know, playing hardball with the management there. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it worked out for him and a player of his caliber, you know, you know, that works out. Yeah, that's no, seriously, hats off. Best negotiating tactic ever. I'm going to leave the game or you're going to pay me big time. So, I mean, it, it worked <laughs> out perfectly for him. So, I 100% agree with you, Ben, there. Um, so, we're going to jump into our hot take here. Hot take. So, our hot take, guys, for today is going to be Steph Curry needs another title to cement his legacy. Travis, I know you got some thoughts on this. We're going to start with you. What do you think about that? I, I think it's wrong. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, Steph Curry, you know, he's, he's the greatest shooter of all time. I mean, already, already an all-time great. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he really needs to win this ring because, you know, the last two that they won, you know, Kevin Durant basically carried them. And I think a lot of people forget that the Warriors won a ring in 2015 without Ke Kevin Durant. And then the following year, they made they had the greatest regular season in NBA history with at 73 and nine for a record and they should have won the championship that year but then lebron obviously the 3-1 comeback yep. warriors below the lead in the finals so they don't get that one done but the going back to the 2015 finals um you know they gave andre iguodala the finals mvp and nothing yes. against him i mean he's a great player he played a good finals you know he was dubbed the lebron stopper <laughs> but if you look at the stats, but I think LeBron averaged uh, a ho-hum 35 points, 13 rebounds, and nine assists. So if that's stopping somebody, then, you know, hats off to him. But, um, you know, so Steph honestly could have won that finals MVP, but he didn't. And then obviously KD comes to town, and then KD takes those two. So I think a lot of people are kind of hoping slash expecting 
Steph to win this one and saying that he needs to win finals MVP? I, I don't think he does. I mean, obviously, anything he does from this point moving forward just adds to the great legacy um, that he's already, you know, had. Yeah. Ben, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? I totally agree with Travis. I mean, I think it's it's a ridiculous, utterly ridiculous take. Um, it really is. Um, he, he can retire today in the middle of the series and still be the greatest shooter of all time. And it's not even a debate. Like, yeah. there's a more of a debate about who's the best player of all time versus who's the greatest shooter of all time. You could have a debate yes. of Ron, you know, Michael, and, you know, Kobe or something like that. But there's no debate on, on shooter. Um, and then even his his numbers, his finals numbers, if you look at the numbers, he, 26, really 27, 6, and 5 or 6. If I said, if I told you guys, somebody averaged that, they've been in four finals, they average that stat line, all you, all you would say, you know, that's a, that's a superstar level, you know, stat line. Yeah. That's better than yeah. Kobe. That's better than Kareem. That's better than Ray. <laughs> that's better than Bird. And people are saying he chokes in the finals. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. I think, uh, and to Travis's point, you know, Iguodala, he's from my hometown. Like, I played with him. Now, he was older than me. I played at Boys and Girls Club. I played 21, played pickup ball, and I was younger. He was older. Thank but God. I love him, you know. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm biased toward, like, I, I slightly want the Warriors to win because of just Iguodala connection. But he shouldn't have got that MVP. I mean, he did force uh, LeBron to 38% shooting on him, but – he still scored 35 points again, you know? <laughs> so, and then his, uh, his numbers was like pedestrian. It was like 16 points, yep. four, four assists and, you know, six rebounds to give somebody that he, if, if Steph Curry doesn't have that breakout game five and game six, they don't win that. So that's, that's ridiculous. Now I think the reason that there is this perception though, is because you have Stephen Curry gets that back-to-back MVP in 2016, unanimous MVP that have the 73 and nine record. And then in 2016, all these ratings, he has the worst finals performance that he's ever had. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and game seven was ridiculous. You, you guys remember that like behind the back, crazy, silly pass that <laughs> yeah. he had. Yeah. He uh, could not get a shot off on Kevin Love, you know, at yep. the end of the clutch game. Uh, Kyrie hit the gamer on him and things of that nature. That, that's in people's minds. Um, and then some of his, uh, I think I, I read a, a looking at a, a sports show earlier this week, you know, you have that, um, you know, in people's minds, he doesn't have like a big finals performance yet. Uh, well, at least a clutch one, you know, and some yeah. of his biggest game is coming losses. So I think people are looking at that. So the casual fan, oh, he, he falls in the playoffs. But if you look at the numbers, he's actually been great 90% of the time. He's just had some big moments um, in certain games where, you know, he's kind of collapsed. So it's definitely overplayed. Yeah, I feel I feel I agree with you guys. Like, I definitely don't think uh, this needs to be his legacy. If he doesn't win this, then, you know, hey, it's totally Steph's fault. He's not good enough to win by himself. He needs KD to help him. I, I, I think that's bogus for sure. I was going to say, does KD KD doesn't win those chips without uh, Steph? No, you know, like, no, no. I mean, he was draw, drawing all types of double teams and things of that nature. KD saw his most open shots ever because of all the intention that Steph you know, receive. So, exactly. I mean, I, I just think it's ridiculous. What I would say, though, what I will say is that if he wins a finals MVP, that moves his legacy up a notch, right? Yes. I think he's already yes. like top 20. He's, I think he's top 10, but I think yeah. objectively everybody would say he's top 10 if he has a finals MVP. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see that. No, I, I could definitely see that. But I mean, I, it, it is ridiculous, Ben. I don't know why they would even, even remotely go to this level because, 
he is one. He is the greatest shooter, 100% right. The greatest shooter there ever was here to play in the NBA. There's, there should not be a question about that at all. But just think about it. If he had Clay for these last couple years here, I mean, they would Great still place. probably be uh, maybe close to title contention, if not in the finals again, just like they are now this year when Clay's healthy. They're firing on all cylinders, all cylinders again, and they've just they they love the small ball. They they know how to do it well. They've got they've got a great team. He didn't need he didn't need KD. I mean, KD left the Thunder because they couldn't beat the Warriors, and he just wanted to go and win a championship. But they didn't need him. I mean, they were already like Travis said, they were seventy three and nine the year before. We'll even look at this year. I mean, they don't they basically replaced KD with Andrew Wiggins, and they're yeah. back in the finals. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it was Harrison Barnes Harrison Barnes before KD. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I, I, KD is amazing. I think he's you know top two player in the league. But KD needed Steph more than Steph needed KD. Agree. Facts. That's a, that's a great statement. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree with you on that one. Um, Travis, I do want you to share the one thing you told me uh, before that I've put in here uh, about KD and Kyrie. Though you gotta you gotta say that. Yeah. Speaking of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and Kyrie Irving. You know, Kevin was on the Warriors. Kyrie's on the Celtics. They get together, say, hey, we need to play together. Let's team up. Let's form this great, this great duo. And then, obviously, they bring in James Harden as well on the Nets. They've got all three of them. So, yeah, they left their teams thinking they're going to team up and win all these championships. And instead, they get swept this year out of the playoffs. And now both of their former teams are in the finals. I, thought, I just this found that kind wild. of funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. The Brooklyn Nets have to be one of the most disappointing Yes talented teams of all time you know yeah. they got together and didn't win the chip because they're still all of them are still relatively in their primate it's not like that charles barkley olajuwon team you know you had older you know older uh older guys outside of the prime trying to win the chip these are guys that are offensively in their prime yes they had some injuries don't get me wrong but to get it broke up like that to lose in the first round you know very disappointing underwhelming. yeah no i, yeah, I, I would mean, agree with you yeah i was just gonna say real quick yeah, it was weird to see them like Kevin Durant and Kyrie struggle as much as they did against the Celtics defense, which is great. I mean, it's one of the top defenses in the league. But then the very next round, Giannis is playing without his number two, Chris Middleton, and he's still, you know, getting his numbers, doing whatever he wanted to do. But obviously they just didn't have enough firepower. You know, Giannis could only carry him so far. But it was just interesting to see the two guys, the series of four couldn't do it, but yet Giannis was doing it by himself at least as much as he could, but then even he fell short. So Celtics are just a great all-around team. They've got a lot of weapons. They play great defense. They play good, just solid team ball. Yeah, they're just an unbelievable defensive team. Um, they play de good defense, especially since All-Star break. That's really flipped the switch. Their defense yes. is turned on. Yes. And locking, locking teams up. Yeah, no, I agree. And speaking of them, we're going to move on to the finals here and talk about that. Um, so obviously, yes, yeah, obviously game one, um, Celtics made that crazy comeback. I thought for sure the Warriors were going to have that. But then that third quarter, crazy comeback to take game one, 120 to 108. But then the Warriors did what I, I personally thought they were going to do to the Celtics, even though I know they have a great defense. The Warriors pretty much just demolished them in game two. Uh, what do you all what are y'all thoughts about the series after two games so far? Well, I would say that, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Ben. I, I kind of expected what the Warriors did in game two to happen in game one. And they were kind of trending that direction. I mean, they were, you know, Curry had 21 the first quarter. But what was interesting is even though he had a big first quarter, they were barely winning. And then, you know, Curry had a good first half and somehow the Celtics are up three at halftime. And then, yeah, then they just, 
they took off there the second half. So that was really surprising for me to see. But then, I mean, the Warriors in true Warriors fashion, you know, bounce back in game two. I mean, these guys are battle-tested. They've been to several finals together. You know, they're not going to get rattled by one game that they should have won, you know, even if it was at home. Because at the end of the day, you know, now they're going to Boston. It's 1-1. And, you know, all in their heads, all they're thinking, they just got to steal one in Boston, you know, and then go back home tied 2-2. So just like it's supposed to be anyways. I picked the uh, the Warriors in six in the beginning of the uh, series. I'm, I'm still sticking to that. I'm still yeah. confident that's going to happen. And, and to be honest, like, without that ridiculous shooting percentage of the role players for Celtics, um, especially in the fourth, nine threes in the fourth quarter on the comeback. I mean, that's just, you know, that just doesn't happen, you know, all the time. The Warriors would be up 2-0 if it wasn't for that. So the Warriors have won most of the quarters. And again, outside of that crazy fourth quarter by Celtics, the Warriors would be up. Another scary thing is that the Warriors haven't even played their best lane game. Yes. I mean, Clay has been yeah. horrible. Yes. And it's not like they're locking him up. He's, he's mission open looks off of pin downs, you know, yep. uh, off of curls and things of that nature, pull-ups. I mean, he's missing easy things that he always gets. He's he's due for a huge game. Don't let it be a closeout game, you know, especially on game six. You know how yes. Clay has a historic game six performance. You know, he's just saying today, you know, what I need to – I need to Google, Google game six Clay to get yes. me motivated. So he's going to he's gonna <laughs> tear it up. Uh, Jordan Poole played one good half, second half of last game. I still I think he has a couple more really good games in him, Wiggins as well. So I think the Warriors are still in good position, like Travis said, to win one and uh, split one at, um, away against the Celtics, win back at home, and then close it out in the home court. That being said, Celtics are still scary. I mean, yes. nobody can guard Jalen and um, Tatum one-on-one. So yep. when you have a tight game in the playoffs and it's end of the shot clock, it's clutch time, you need a bucket – that's both well for a, a Jason Tatum, Jalen to take over um, because that's when those, when you need one of like a, usually it's a low percentage shot, you know, with analytics, you don't, you're not really supposed to be shooting long twos, but in late game, you need late in the clock, shot clock, clutch, Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown are the best at that. And I think uh, that's gonna, that's gonna kill the Warriors if they let, they keep the game close. Um, also um, the Warriors, Outside of game two, they're they're giving um, the Celtics role players those three point looks. Yes, um, and I think that's dangerous to do on the road. Um, role players usually shoot better on the road, um, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to switch out uh, on that. And one one thing one more thing I was gonna add on the Celtics uh, perspective, they have to just hover Stephen Curry and let mm-hmm. the the role players and side players of the Warriors beat you. I mean, you have to completely take Curry out the game. There's a couple times in game two where the their big man on the help on the screen, he plays off, he plays back instead of, you know, covering and um, and blitzing Steph Curry. You need to blitz him on every screen. Even if he gets a screen at half court, blitz him because he's, he's he, you know, he can pull up. You cannot allow him to get any space and then, and then hope, you, you know, Otto Porter and, and the rest <laughs> of those guys, you know, don't kill you. On the yeah. away game. So you 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 really you can't let uh Steph get any open looks. Yeah, this this might be a stupid point here, but like, but every point counts to what you're saying. Every single basket counts. I mean, you you need to play defense. And I feel like that's that's one thing that's taken me away from the NBA. I've I've started to come back a little bit now after 
being able to watch the most a little bit here the last few years, but playing defense is not a huge thing, but that's why I've liked the Celtics a lot. Cause I feel like they do play pretty good team defense, but hundred percent, right. They need to stay up on Curry the whole time. Don't let that guy, that guy can shoot even with a hand in the face. Like I don't know. He don't need that much space at all just to shoot over you. You've, you've got to stay on him the whole, the whole game. Yep. Uh, you you got to play your heart out. I mean, do everything you can to basically get him to not, to not, to be uncomfortable pretty much is basically what they need to do. And it's exhausting, and, and Smart has shown – I think there are stats yeah. all this week of how well Smart does against Curry. Right. But, you know, they do the pick-and-roll option to get off. You just have to blitz him and get the ball off the hands yep. and hope, you know, you know Jordan Poole and the rest of those guys don't – you know, Clay stays broke or something like that. But you just can't give him any space. Uh, it's yep. better just to – you know, if he ends up with 10, 15 assists and they beat you like that, then it is what it is. But – they, you know, they have a less chance beating like that than Curry, you know, getting open and playing one on one and nobody switching, coming up on a screen and stuff that you just can't have that. Agreed. Yeah. So, Travis, I heard Ben's prediction. What's what's your prediction? You know, my my heart says Celtics because uh, Joe Johnson would get a ring. He's been in the league for 17 years. And that dude, I mean, he's a workhorse. He's you know, the dude can still shoot the jumper. I mean, I know he doesn't, you know, get any playing time and stuff anymore, but. If the Celtics were to win, you know, he would he would win a ring. He's he's an Arkansas boy. He does a lot of great stuff there in the in the state of Arkansas and just me living there for a few years. He's just, you know, he's got a special place in my heart, you know, a little bit. So I've got his rookie card. And so I would say for that sake, I'm I'm pulling for him. I would love to see him win a ring. But, you know, my head is saying Warriors are going to get it done. And yeah, I would probably agree if, if they do it, it'll probably be in six. Uh, like Ben saying, so I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna be different. I'm not gonna say the Celtics, but I'm gonna say the Warriors end it in five. I'm just gonna say that game one wow. lit a fire in them, and now it's Celtics are our toast. That's a <laughs> hot take too. Sleep, huh? <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't. I mean, it, it definitely. We. I mean, it'd be fine. I'd be fine seeing either one win. Honestly, I mean, I'm. Yeah. I'm not really opposed to either one of them. I like both of them. They both play great team basketball. So to me, it's exciting either way. I said to your like NBA point uh, earlier, like I in doing the season, a lot of your bad teams don't play defense and that turns a lot of people off. But I will say playoff basketball, the top teams, they, you know, they, you kind of get that college feel playing D yeah. and um, hustling hard. It's just the game, the season is so long. So you do have like teams that just take off and that can turn a lot of people off who just like turn on a random game seeing no defense. But that's why I love playoff basketball because yep. it's, it's another level, the physicality, the defense, the hustle. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. The game definitely slows down in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you get yes. more in those half court sets, yep. you know, teams really have to prove, you know, that they've got the skill to just, you know, actually run an offense. It's not just all about the fast breaks. Yep. You know, you're still going to get those here and there, but, Overall, it's, you know, slowing down quite a bit and setting up that offense in the half court. So we're going to take a complete 180 here. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Change My Mind segment. Change My Mind. All right, so Change My Mind segment. Uh, this is for tennis fans out there. We're going to say that Rafael Nadal should be in the conversation for the GOAT of tennis. Travis, what do you think? I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you look at just his body of work, what he's been able to do over the years, how long he's been playing, just the consistency to be near the top or at the top. Um, and then you look at, you know, many people for years, you know, thought, you know, Andre Agassi, you know, for a while there, well, he, he's, only, he's only got eight 
grand slams. You know, Pete Sampras came along. You know, Pete Sampras has 14. And for the longest time, everybody thought, you know, Pete Sampras, you know, was the go, and he was the goat of tennis. And then all of a sudden there was this guy named Roger Federer who just came on the scene and just was obliterating everybody. And, you know, he's, he's had the mantle for quite a long time, but Rafael Nadal actually has a 24 to 16 uh, head to head against Roger Federer and a 14 wow. to 10 in the finals. And now, and not to mention now he's got two more grand slams. He's at tw- sitting at 22 grand slams in total with Roger Federer at 20. And honestly, that was something with Nadal battling injuries the last few years. I wasn't sure. Nadal was only like always like two or three behind Federer. He would like Federer would win one, Nadal would win one. Federer would win two, Nadal would win one. But it was like, is he ever going to catch him? And then he finally caught him at 20. And now he's passed him up and he's won two more. So now he's got a two uh, Grand Slam advantage over him. I mean, the Joker, Jokovic is another one that deserves to be up there. Mm-hmm. He he actually leads Nadal 30 to 29. So, I mean, the head-to-head is right there. Um, Joker leads him 15, 13 in finals overall, but Nadal's got him in 11, 11 to 7 in in majors, in Grand Slams. I definitely think, I mean, you can put all three of those guys, Nadal, Federer, and uh, the Joker up there. But I think when it comes down to who's the goat of tennis, I mean, you got to give it to Rafa. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I feel like we grew up in an era. I'm not a huge tennis fan. I haven't. I, I mean, I know who these people are and everything like that. I don't necessarily watch the sport all that much, but I, I feel like we grew up in an era of tennis where we had those three like goats of tennis. You know, Joker, Federer, and Nadal. I mean, all three of them have been battling each other just relentlessly, beating out the competition to get a Grand Slam. So I, I definitely agree. We've grown up in that era. I kind of came along at the very end of that Agassi Sampras era. So I didn't really get to see them a whole lot play, but seeing Nadal and Djokovic and Federer playing against each other has been pretty, pretty exciting when they, when I do actually sit and watch a little bit of, you know, the matches and everything like that. Ben, you got any thoughts about this? Yeah. I mean, I don't, again, like you said, Ben, I'm not a huge tennis fan as far as watching it. Like I, I do watch the finals a good bit um, every now and then. And uh, those are as fun, particularly, you know, I grew up in the air around the same age of Nadal, Federer, uh, Jokic, and they're just going back and forth. I mean, I'm just exhausted watching them. Um, so he, I think it's clear that he's in, in the conversation. I think the the argument is he actually the go. You know, is right. he actually the go? Is more right. closer to the thing. But um, also, he's also like 36, I think, and Federer is 40. So he still has. Federer is going to be declining sometime. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, they're uh, <laughs> still going to be winning Grand Slam finals. These are two ahead of him. Um, has two gold medals, you know, one in singles and, you know, one in doubles. So I think without question, um, you know, he's, he's in the conversation, but they're, they're just fun to watch, man. I, I love watching the play against each other in the finals. Again, that's the only time that tennis will come across my radar when I hear yep. one of them are in the finals, especially if they're playing each other, I'll stop watching something to just watch them. Cause they're fun to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I totally agree with you. So the women's side, I think, is a little bit easier. I feel like Serena yeah. is yes. probably like way past any other lady that I can think of. I know Coco is coming up there, like, but she's only eighteen, so she's still got a yes. long way to go. But, but Serena has definitely been dominant. And I know Ben, you're saying yes, but I'm I'm thinking you're agreeing with me on this one. No, without without <laughs> without question. I mean, she yeah. especially in the the era of competition that she's played in. 
um, to have 23 grand slams. She won one pregnant. <laughs> it's craziness. Yeah. I mean, this girl's just just phenomenal. Um, yeah. And then I just love their story too. And um, I don't know if you guys seen that movie. Uh, uh, what's it called? King, King Richard. Richard. Yep. King yeah. Richard. I mean, it's, it's just amazing kind of where they come from to where they yeah. are now her to be the most dominant tenant, you know, women's tennis player. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's kind of undisputed in the women's uh, category, but like, yeah, yeah, you got a lot of young talent though, to your point, uh, Ben, like Naomi Osaka. She, yes. She's great when she wants to be, <laughs> you know, yes. She, yes. Sometimes she, you know, everybody has different challenges that they're going through, but when she wants to be in her heads in the game, she's focused, she's great. Coco Golf's only 18. I think she was the youngest ranked player, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you have a lot of young talent, but yeah, Serena is undisputably the GOAT. Yeah, yeah. Travis, I'm thinking on the same side with us? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Uh, I definitely agree with that. And it's interesting, you know, with her being the younger Williams sister, how Venus came on first, and, you know, Mm -hmm. she was winning, and then all of a sudden, here comes Serena, and then she just up and passed her and just, you know, kept going. (laughs) And obviously, Venus just had some injuries and stuff over the years, too. That's kind of slowed her down a little bit more. But it is incredible how dominant serena has been over the years and i remember she finally she finally passed uh steffi graf who had 22 titles and serena got that 23rd and that was just you know obviously a huge deal because i feel like a lot of people especially older generation you know steffi graf was was it you know she was the goat of ten, women's tennis and right. so for serena to to take the mantle from her was huge um there still is margaret court with 24 titles but hmm. when it comes to you know, is she better than Serena? I don't think anyone really sits here and, and says she's probably better than Serena. And of course, she yeah. played in a totally different era and all that. But I've been sitting here cheering. I want Serena to at least get to 24 so bad. And she's gotten second the last couple of uh, Grand Slam she's been at. And then the last one, I think she had to pull out because of injury. So I was just like, ah, come on. You can <laughs> just yeah. one more at least. Just get that last one. But I mean, regardless if she ever wins another one or not, I still believe, you know, she's the, the greatest woman tennis player of all time. Yeah, I was going to say to your point with court, like, there's a reason why Ben Ben Ruff, or Bill Russell has what like ten or eleven right. or something like that yes. NBA yeah. championship. But people don't call him the goat. He's top ten, yeah, because he played in the era that didn't really have anybody comparable to him that could stop him. I mean, there's Wilt Chamberlain for that for that finals, but for the most part, the competition level was just non-existent. You know, yep. uh, Celtics teams were also stacked, and I think the the type of competition that Serena goes up against is on a whole different level than the heirs before. Now we wouldn't have Serena if it wasn't for those that came before. So that's no disrespect to them, but uh, I think you have to, you do have to contextualize that a little bit. All right. So that brings us basically to kind of recap in the French open finals. Uh, so the women's side, again, I, mean, I said fan favorite, but she's just my favorite player right now is Coco Goff. She unfortunately lost to Iga. If I'm saying her first name, right. I have no idea. Um, but straight sets. Um, so that was frustrating for me because I really do like Coco and I hope she does well moving forward. But then we move on to the guys and Nadal won in straight sets as well, three nothing. But Travis, I know you kind of explained this to me a little bit before we got on here. Something about his foot being asleep. Yeah, that was like the best way he knew how to describe it. Um, you know, he was trying to, you know, his English is a little broken. And so he's trying to explain it in English so like the, the reporters can understand like what exactly was happening with him and his foot. So he's he's been dealing with with just this nagging foot injury for, for quite a while now. And honestly, he he made the comment and just admitted he wouldn't have been able to continue if not for getting injections 
into his foot before the finals match and really throughout the whole French Open. And so by getting these, these shots, these injections into his foot, it basically just, you know, numbed it so that he couldn't feel the pain. So in his words, he was like, it's, it's like his foot was asleep. Very, very interesting, but he still got it done yeah. regardless. Well, whatever, whatever, the more power to him, man. <laughs> Imagine if he had a fully awakened foot. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> Six oh six oh six oh. Yes. I beat you, you at one foot. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's gonna bring us to our last thought for the day. Uh this is coming from Mike Singletary, one of a, a great linebacker back in the day for the Bears defense and yeah. a, a decent coach uh as well. And I just like this. This is just I don't know, just super nice of what he says. Do you know what my favorite part of the game is? And the answer to hit what he says, his own question is the opportunity to play. And how true is that for some people? Because there are some kids out there, some adults. I mean, they, they can't get out there. They can't play the game, you know, that they actually love to do. So, like, he's genuinely just loving being able to go out there, win or lose. It doesn't matter to him as long as he gets to play his favorite thing, his favorite sport, you know? So, I mean, what you guys think about that? I mean, I think that's a great thought. And I think especially for, a, you know, a couple levels, one, for the, the sports players, what separates a lot of times all-time great versus – people that have great talent but don't do anything with it is like the people that are all-time great is for the love of the game. They just enjoy yep. being out there. It's not about the money. It's just, I just love this. I live and breathe it. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm so happy that I get to do this and they're, they're out there and they grind. And then there's people that, you know, they, they let the money and everything else distract them. And then what you said for like young players, man, this is like, you know, just be grateful for the opportunity that you, you get, yes. the, you know, you're good or you, you get to play the game that you love. There's so many people that are in unfortunate circumstances that can't do that. So young players just be, you know, be happy and grateful that you get that you get to play the game. Um, so, and I think that's a great coach and I'm, I'm biased because I'm a bears fan. So, you know, I would just co-sign <laughs> oh, anything. Crap, I forgot that, that you know, <laughs> but you know, I, I do think it's a great quote. Travis, what do you think of the last, last thought here? Yeah, I think it's really great. I think it's a, an awesome just perspective on the game and on, on sports as a whole. And just not, like he, uh, Ben said, you know, not getting caught up in the money and just all the accolades that come with, you know, playing professional sports, but just loving to play the game, you know, because you truly love it. And I feel like there's, there's so many players out there that have had career-ending injuries. Like, you don't know when your time's yeah. up. Because, I mean, great obviously, point. your father time is undefeated. Yeah. But then there's guys that their careers get cut short because they have a serious injury and they're just done. And you just don't, you don't know when that could be. I mean, you look at, you know, we talked about the Warriors obviously a lot on this episode and, you know, Clay Thompson's missed the last two seasons because of an Achilles and an ACL. So you look at him and him just wondering, am I ever going to get back? Am I ever going to get back? And so you could see the emotion on his face the first game back. He was able to play, put on the uniform again, check into the game, get out there and just, you know, play with his guys, play with his friends, his teammates that he's missed out on the last two seasons. So I think this is a great quote, and it's great for Mike to just, you know, keep things in perspective. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Well, guys, just want to say thank you for coming and doing this for me while Mark is gone. I do appreciate it. I had a lot of fun with you guys. It was awesome. I do appreciate all that. Um, so, again, just, just I thanks. appreciate the invite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. great. Thanks, Ben. 
Uh, so everyone out there, this is going to do it for us. If you want to go ahead and leave us a five-star review uh, and also get subscribed to our, to our podcast, it'd be awesome. And again, please go check out Travis's podcast. I've been on there a couple of times before and he's got great content. It's called up your game. Go check him out. Uh, until right, next time. Too. Yeah, for sure. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the benchmark. Please download and subscribe and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter at the benchmark pod or email us your questions at the benchmark pod at gmail.com. Keep winning, keep crushing it, and don't miss next week's episode.